Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Considering the role technology will play in the future of education is now a key focus for school leaders. At Exertus Ireland, together with Microsoft, we're here to support schools every step of the way with powerful tools to help create brighter futures. Talk to us today about solutions for your school. Visit exertus.ie forward slash Microsoft Teaching and Learning. Exertus.ie forward slash Microsoft Teaching and Learning. Hey everyone, just to let you know, there will be references to suicide and baby loss in this podcast. If it's not something you want to hear or listen to, please tune in into one of our other podcasts. Welcome to the Dope Black Dads podcast, a place where we are changing the narrative and having progressive conversations about black fathers, as well as creating a safe digital space for the community. This is the Dope Black Dads podcast. My name is Donald Butcher, and this mum uh, is Black History Month, but it's also a Baby Loss Awareness Week, as well as Baby Loss Awareness Month. Now, we, we've been really busy throughout the whole Black History Month, along with all the other, other things that have been going on. And we've also been pleased to announce that we've partnered up with uh, Baby Lost Charity Sands. This partnership for us is very important because this, isn't, this, is, this is something that affects the whole Black community. We want to make sure that we feel comfortable in seeking the support that we want hence why we're working with SANS. So to that effect, like I said, I experienced baby loss about two years ago. And at the time, I didn't quite know where to turn. I didn't quite know who to speak to. um, And I didn't quite know where I was heading. And it brought me to a place where I felt suicidal. And I almost took my own life because I didn't have a space to talk. I didn't know that there were places where I could speak about this. Now, I wanted to hear from uh, mum's point of view as to how, that one, their experiences, and two, how they felt throughout this period and whether a man needed to do anything differently to support them and whether their partners felt the same. Now, the Dope Black Mums have recorded a podcast, which is a part part one to this podcast. So I would recommend going and listening to that one and then heading over and listening to ours. Without further ado, I'd like to bring in our wonderful, delightful queens, Cerise and Katie. Hi, girls. How are you doing? Oh, hello. Hiya. Not too bad. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for um, taking the time out. I... I guess I just wanted to maybe hear a little bit about your stories um, and to what extent you were aware of baby loss happening. Um, So I lost um, twins. It was around two years ago also. I'd heard about miscarriages happening before. I've heard about, you know, how devastating it could be for a woman, but I think I was completely ignorant to how traumatic it could be. Um, what was involved once you had miscarried. Um, so it was all a complete new experience and we had no idea what was going to happen. Um, so for me, I'd lost 
one twin first at around 16 weeks. Um, it's a super long story, um, but about a week later I lost the second twin. And then another week after that is when I gave birth to them. Now I didn't know that I would have to give birth to them. I know it sounds silly, but I didn't know. Um, and so I was sort of just really horrified when I was told that they were going to give me medication to induce labour. My body basically thought I was still pregnant. My body didn't register the fact that, you know, they passed away. And so they had to do it that way. I didn't really understand or comprehend the fact that I'd have to bury them. All of that would come. I didn't know that my milk would come in. Um, you know, once they had come out, I didn't know any of that. It was a really traumatic experience. Um, and then it was another two months before I could bury them as well. So it was just ongoing. I just didn't know any of this stuff at all. There was nothing to prepare me. I've never heard anyone talk about it in great detail. I guess the community that I grew up in, it's, it is, oh, well, probably in every community, it's just a very taboo subject and people just don't talk about it. It's almost as if it's a secret. It's almost as if, there's shame behind admitting that this is what's happened. It's, it's very hush-hush. I mean, I guess that's why I just didn't really know that all of this would happen to me. I did struggle for a bit. I went through so many different emotions. I was so up and down and all over the place. I was so angry. And then I was just really hurt. I just pushed everybody away. I didn't want to speak to anybody. I was defensive in advance. And I had people say the wrong thing to me. Um, many, many times, and it just made it worse. And so, yeah, it was a really rough time. It was a really rough time. Mm. I mean, you, you mentioned about um, mm -hmm. your family around you. Did you get any support, or, or what kind of support did you get from those mm -hmm. around you and your family and the health services um, at the time? Was there? I was remember there getting. I mean, in both occasions, because I guess they were quite yeah, close together, so... right? I had two other children, they were babies, three and one. Um, so my mum helped me a lot with taking care of them when I had to go to my appointments and things. Um, my husband at the time, he was living abroad and working in Dubai, so he wasn't there. So I felt very alone. I definitely have other family members and friends, but I just didn't feel like I could tell them um, because it was an ongoing process. You know, I thought I don't want to say anything yet until um, you know, the other baby pulls through. And then when, you know, I lost both of them, I was just, I was just in such a dark space. Honestly, I just didn't really want to talk about it. And I think my other family members didn't really know how to approach me or what to say. And I could sense that. And to be honest, I wasn't sure if I wanted to talk about it at that particular time anyway. Um, and then there was my husband's family members and they knew what was going on. And I kind of told my husband at the time, um, in advance, tell no one to call me. I don't want to speak to anyone. And then I changed my number um, just in case anybody did. What happened was at the hospital, one of the midwives came in and she said to me, don't worry, you'll have more children. And it just threw me off. Honestly, it's probably the worst thing that you could say to someone who's just given birth to their twins that passed away. And I just, I don't want anybody else to say anything to me to try and comfort me. And because it's just going to come out wrong and I know it's not going to have a good effect on me. And so that's why, um, wow. I mean, I've heard it all. I heard, I've heard, um, you know, at least you've still got children. And I thought, yeah, that is beautiful. But you don't know people's situation. It doesn't make it any less hurtful because I have children that I've lost mm. these children. It doesn't make it any less. And it doesn't. And I guess you just don't know or understand. I don't know. Maybe it's because they've never seen the baby before, you know, why they can't really connect. There's like a lack of sensitivity when you've miscarried a baby that they've never seen or that you've never held. They, it's almost as if they don't really see it as a baby, you know? Mm, mm. I, I mean, Cerise, that is... That, uh, uh, I, I want to get I want to delve into your story a bit deeper because I think there's there's a lot to unpack there. Um, those those subtles mm, that you're hearing are not my subtle notes. They are those of Katie Bonfall, um, who's also with us. Um, so Katie, I I want to hear your your story 
and kind of yeah. what support or what role did your family or your partner play um in the in the whole situation yeah i mean my family they played a massive part i'd say in my i guess recovery and the i'd say i'd call it like the road to feeling like myself again because when i lost my sons it felt like i'd lost myself um i'd look in the mirror and i just didn't know it's like i couldn't it's like i couldn't even recognize myself um and literally when i lost my my boys literally from that day on like it just felt like I was seeing the world so differently and the world lost its colour that day or those two days Um, and literally everything just felt like seemed so grey so yeah without the support of my family like my husband and my mum I guess they were the closest to me at the time um, yeah I don't know where I'd be um, to be honest because yeah they really allowed me to I guess to give me that space um, to I guess to grieve and to and to feel, um, when, when I lost my first son, for example, um, so I lost him, um, this was March, the 9th of March, 2017. Um, and yeah, like Cerise was saying that um, I, hadn't, I hadn't really, I didn't know much about miscarriage. Um, my, my knowledge was very ignorant. So I just assumed that you just, for, for example, I, I didn't even know that you could have a miscarriage after 12 weeks because everyone Mm. always makes a fuss about yeah just get to 12 weeks and then yeah like you know everything should be fine um so they usually say like before 12 weeks don't say anything like don't you know don't announce your pregnancy because that's the delicate stage so yeah like I was very hypersensitive in that time and I did have I guess um you know little things that would make me anxious so I'd go to the hospital and get it checked out but it was fine and the doctors and nurses they would reassure me that no it's just fine it's just this is normal um but then when I did um yeah like when I did go to the hospital so I reached 17 weeks with my first Mm. son um and then when I went to the hospital and they confirmed that yeah I'm afraid it looks like you're having a miscarriage um I just thought what okay um it was I just I didn't compute what they were saying and then I so saw I thought, okay, let me just go home. So I said to the nurse, Can I go home? And then she said, Oh no, Katie, because you was in your second trimester, the baby was formed, so you have to give birth mm-hmm. to the baby. And so when she said that, it just felt like I was being broken all over again because it's like now my body has to do this thing where I, you know, I have to do yeah. It's like do the unthinkable. My you know, my baby's not fully developed, like I didn't reach full term and yet I'm having to go in, you know, having to deliver the baby. So, yeah, like it just, um, I guess, it, you know, it really shook me up. Um, and there was a lot of trauma that was, that I guess, started um, that day. Um, and so I'll, I'll be honest, like my mum, for example, um, she didn't really, I guess, she wasn't as, what's the word? I mean, she was very understanding. Obviously, she grieved with me. She, you know, um, she, yeah, she did so much. But when it came to burying my sons, I wanted to attend the funeral, but there was kind of, uh, like because it, it was my first one at the time, my family were of the notion of like, just let it go. You know, you don't need to be there, you know, just let it mm. pass. And so, yeah, so I didn't, I didn't attend the funeral. Um, and then unfortunately I, I got pregnant. And then the year after, literally the same day as the year before, the 9th of March, 2018, I lost my second boy. And I was also 17 weeks, so 17 weeks, five days with the second baby. Um, and I was also in the same hospital room as the year before. The, sorry, so obviously the same hospital, same hospital, same hospital room, the same nurses that looked after me the year before, they recognised me. So it was it was so crazy. And again, as I said, I was 17 weeks. So yeah, like I just felt like it was a weird deja vu um, that I was back in that same place. And then here I am having to go through the pain of birth so the second time round, I actually went into natural labour. The first time, they had to induce me into labour because my body, you know, still wanted to hold on to the pregnancy, I guess. Um, but with the second time round, my body just literally went into natural labour. Uh, so my waters broke and, yeah, obviously I had to, you know, have the baby. Um, and then I was even rushed to intensive care because the bleeding wouldn't stop. So they had to give me a blood transfusion and it was just... There was just so much that went on. So... When I lost the second boy now, 
um, I guess my mum, she was like, okay, yeah, like we're gonna go to the funeral. Like this, it's like she, she, I guess she realised that no, this, these are babies that we mm. need to honour and we need to, you know, give them the proper respect, um, you know, that they deserve. So, yeah, like, and yeah, like obviously my husband has been very amazing throughout both losses as well. Um, so yeah, he really um, helped me to as I said before like to feel because I think with the, when I lost the first baby I went into a state of shock and so I didn't know how to feel I would I remember the week after um my first son um, passed away I I think I was I guess I remember feeling like not happy but kind of happy and then I felt so guilty I was like oh my gosh how can I be feeling mm. this way when my, my sons have passed away so it's like I felt so guilty for every emotion that I was experiencing mm. and like yeah it was just it was just so difficult on how to process even my emotions like how should I be feeling I think that mm. was what, something that I really struggled with but yeah but wow. my family were very helpful wow just just hearing your story and I can definitely relate when you say about feeling mm. happy because mm. I remember when my wife went in to when so we found out so I don't know well we I was at work and for some reason my wife's hernia was hurting her really badly that day mm. um and she said to me I need to go she had a midwife appointment later on that day she was I'm just gonna hold on till I see the midwife she didn't think much of it later on in the afternoon it got better but I said to her I'm going to leave work I worked in King's Cross and we lived in Thornton Heath mm. and I said I'm going to leave work and come with you and at least relieve you from the kids we had three other kids so that you can go to your midwife appointment so I got home just as she was leaving to go to her midwife appointment and I said well some reason I just felt the urge that I needed mm. to go with her mm. and we went there the midwife did all the checks and she was like oh I can't hear the heartbeat but that's not unusual um, you can wait till next week and come back and we'll try and find it or you can go you can go to the hospital and obviously no parent is going to say well no. I can't hear the heartbeat I'm just going to go home exactly. or wait till next week exactly. so we decided to go to the hospital we we went to the hospital you know with all three kids in tow um, and they then broke the news to us after multiple checks um, we can't hear the heartbeat unfortunately your baby has passed and I just felt, I don't know, I think it took maybe a split second. I just felt empty. Like, what? Like, it just doesn't, it just doesn't make mm. sense at the time. Nothing makes sense. Mm. Anyway, they then sent us to this uh, person that does a, a sonographer that does a scan. And they did the scan. And as they did the scan, they were like, oh, congratulations. There's your baby, like, kind of thing. And we both just looked at each other and burst like just started crying because they were telling us oh your baby is alive mm. and, and and well and all the rest of it and there's your baby there's the legs there's the arms there's this there's all the rest of it anyway we then went back and three days so this happened on a friday and my wife had to then go home for two days and then come back and give birth mm. take a tablet that induces labor mm. and those two days just felt like mm. everything was normal and my daughter was like, we we told our kids um, straight away. My daughter was four, four at the time. My son was three and the youngest one was maybe 18 months. So, um, so we told him and during those two days at home, she kind of said, can I pray so that the baby comes back? And that was the most hard hitting thing in the world. And when we then went for my wife to give birth to the baby, we felt we were laughing and joking in the in the mm -hmm. hospital room and ordered Nando's, like Deliveroo, and and then you kind of pinch yourself. Yeah. You feel guilty mm -hmm. that exactly. it hasn't sunk in, and you yeah. you feel so guilty mm -hmm. that you are doing all of these things that you're laughing. You, you don't mm -hmm. quite know how to feel, yeah. but you also made a very good point. Um, Cerise, when you mentioned earlier on that there is a lack of sensitivity mm -hmm. when a child is lost. And I think even with the language, when people use baby loss, I think always it distances mm -hmm. itself from the fact that a right. baby's actually died. Exactly. 
you know, rather than say bait like a death. My child has died. People we use baby loss. Mm. Why do you think there's such a stigma though in our community where we just don't talk about it? I can't pinpoint it exactly, but I know that it's been going on for generations and generations and it's just passed down from one to another. It's probably come from the same place that we don't mention your pregnancy before 12 weeks. It's probably come from that same place. But what is that though? What is, what, why, why don't we? Because we recognise it. If someone loses mm. a child at 12 weeks, surely we recognise it as a child still. You were still well, pregnant, I, right? It doesn't make it, you less pregnant at 12 weeks. But to than, other people, uh, it's almost as if that's how it is. You know, that's when you're the one that's pregnant, you mm. feel the loss, you've lost your baby. But to others, not so much. And I have to admit, before I'd been through it, I probably had that same ignorance. I didn't feel I didn't feel as sad as I probably should have felt with when I knew that somebody had lost their baby. I probably had that same ignorance and I, I can't even pinpoint where it comes from. I don't know. Do you think it's shame? Do you think there is a shame to I don't know, I'm just trying to think about the twelve weeks. Is it is it shame that you could have done something? You could have because it's so I don't know. I I just don't even know mm. how to how to word it. You know that that whole twelve week period, and we just why don't we? I mean, I don't know if you've got anything anything to add to that, Katie. But I, I yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think definitely in the black community. Um, I guess it, I, I, personally, I just feel like it's like a big big massive ignorance. Definitely ignorance and. Um, I guess it can be seen as like a something that the woman has done, like some sort of sin or, I don't know, some sort of like black magic, if you believe in that. Do you know what I mean? Because there is, that is quite entrenched in our culture. Mm-hmm. Um, so it could be seen as like, oh, what did you do? Or who is, you know, who's been praying against you kind of thing for this to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but, it, you know, but sometimes it just does happen, you know, and, and it's a child that has been lost at the end of the day. So we should be able to grieve and mourn a person that has left this mm-hmm. earth but they don't see it that way they just see it as a miscarriage and I think even the term miscarriage it plays down what like you said like what it actually actually is which is a baby that has died but miscarriage mm. yeah. it kind of diminishes and de- it's, it's quite demeaning and to, mm. to be honest I actually see my miscarriages as stillbirths because yeah my babies were born still Same. I had to you know, I had to give birth, yeah. isn't it? I had contractions. I was yeah. in labour for, I don't know, God knows, like 10 mm-hmm. hours or so. And like, yeah, and my, my son was born. My sons were born. So, and I'm sure, um, Cerise, you probably feel yeah, the same Yeah, I way. didn't want to call it a um, miscarriage at all. I mm. felt like it took away from exactly what it was. Exactly. And it's, I find it so unfortunate that, um, I think stillbirth is categorised yeah, at 24 right. weeks. Yeah. Um, mm. But anything before twenty four weeks is is categorised mm-hmm. as a miscarriage, which to me is shocking. So that means you don't mm. even get maternity leave. Like if you have a stillbirth after twenty four weeks, then you can actually apply for mm. maternity leave and have six, yeah. I think, six months to nine months off. But you know, I tried to get that with my workplace, um, but yeah, they just said sorry, it's it's wow. not a stillbirth. So wow. yeah, it's just oh, I mean, there's we we we've spoken quite a lot about um how maybe mums and family um supported you through this mm. and i guess i want to kind of understand what where were the men at this time in your household and what were they doing to support and how did they relate to you or what kind of support did they provide and what would you have liked to see from your your dads or your uncles or your brothers um, for me, when I spoke to my dad about it, um, he, yeah, I might as well just be honest, he was quite insensitive. Um, he was sad that I was sad, um, but I guess it's the same as most people. He didn't really, he, there was, I don't know, just a lack of connection. Um, mm. The way he saw it was, you know, these things happen, but you'll be okay. And that was that really you know um Mm. and my husband was aboard he wasn't here um while I was pregnant and he wasn't here when they passed away and when I gave birth to them um he came after 
um, for about a week and we didn't really talk about it much you know and I guess maybe it's because he thought I didn't want to talk about it um, and he didn't really want to project his feelings how he was feeling about it when I didn't want to talk about it at that time um, and how did that um, make you feel I don't know honestly at that time I was just so in my own head thinking about it now I probably should have even you know hearing what you said I probably should have took a minute to think about how he was feeling you know it didn't cross my mind at all at the time um even the other family members especially his side of the family you know they wanted to be there for me and talk to me um and I and they were sad you know and I because I was so angry that particular week when it happened I was so angry I just didn't want to consider anybody else's feelings at that time I was very selfish I felt like this happened to me I went for it by myself nobody was there um I didn't want to consider how anybody else felt looking back um I wish I had you know because I guess men just don't always talk as openly as women do about their feelings especially with things like this and it can have a terrible effect and with you mm. saying that, you know, you considered suicide, um, I'm guessing your wife had no idea that you was feeling that way. She didn't speak about it. My wife didn't have an idea till probably about the second this year. Oh, wow. And this yeah. happened two years ago. Oh, it's it's that's that's how ingrained it, mm. it is. But it, it's I guess I guess men have the ability to talk, but in that setting, all that society tells us is the focus the needs to be right. on your partner because mm-hmm. they've I gone through it. Mm-hmm. And did, did did you ever speak? Have you ever spoken about it with um, your husband? No, not really. About a year after that, um, I remember seeing he made a post on social media and he mentioned it. And that same year, he lost his grandmother, who he hadn't seen since he was very young. Um, and he made a short post just about, you know, men's mental health. And he'd never spoken to me about it. Um, Abi was separated now, um, only recently though. Um, but no, we've never we've never sat down and really had a real conversation about losing the twins and the effect it had on him. Um, I I made a video. I think about a month or two after it happened and I was in I was wasn't sure if I was going to post it and share it but I wanted to speak I came to the point where I decided I want to talk about this you know because I was quiet for so long and I thought I want to have this documented everything that I went through everything that happened after I filmed it then I shared it and I realized I hadn't even spoken to him about all these feelings I hadn't sat down spoken to my mom about all these feelings I just spoke to the camera about it and then I shared it and that's how everybody got to know really what was going on inside my head and what had happened to me. Um, I don't know. I, yeah, I never really sat down and spoke to anyone in great detail. Mm. Wow. Katie, yeah. uh, how, I mean, did you ever speak to your partner about it? Your your husband? Your Yeah, I mean, so both times I was with my husband when we lost our boys um, so thank God, because I don't know how I could do it on my own. Um, but yeah, so both times. So he obviously he, he held my hand throughout everything. Um, and like up until that point, I think so this is 2017. And we, me and my husband got married in 2012. And for those like years prior before we had started having children, I've never seen my husband like cry before. Mm. And I remember I'd say to him like, like when I'd say random like when's the last time you cried not that obviously I'm trying to promote him to cry or anything but I just wanted to know like if he's you know because I've never I've never seen him cry and um yeah like that's not my, my husband's very much like a man's man like he doesn't really I don't I have not really seen him emotional like that before but when they told us that we're, we're gonna lose the first baby he broke down and for me to see that like I just it literally broke my heart it because I, I know that it obviously it really hurt him and so for me to see him so vulnerable like that and obviously in front of the nurses and everyone um that was yeah that was quite a poignant time that I you know I just thought you know what 
yeah it, it was obviously it was a lot for us um so yeah and then after that we we're going through the motions and then it's only i guess a few weeks later i guess we did sit down and speak about what had happened and um yeah i think my husband he just came to that point where you know what's happened has happened and he just wants to move forward he he said that his basically he was saying that his tears doesn't change anything that's happened but it only gives him a you know it only brings him down and he doesn't want to be down so he just would rather focus on the positive and we are christians so we was like you know we just have to trust god so yeah. um yeah but i mean for me i guess i wanted to hear more so i remember i'd always ask like babe how are you feeling because i was like i was digging i wanted to i wanted to make sure he was okay because obviously i wasn't okay so i was like if i'm feeling this i'm sure you're feeling this so i kept it was kind of like I was kind of not nagging, but I guess encouraging him to be more open with me about, you know, our, our sons that, you know, had died. Um, mm. And I had I had I had counselling. At one point he said that he also wanted to go for counselling, but then in the end he didn't. So, um, which obviously is his choice and I didn't want to press or anything. But um, yeah, I guess we did speak about it. Um yeah but I don't know uh, I guess it is it's, it's, it's a difficult topic isn't it and everyone mm. reacts differently to baby yeah. loss you know so I remember when my first sorry when, if I just take us back when we lost our first son my, my husband actually took our baby out of the the room that I had him in and just to have that one-on-one time that bonding time so literally for a good hour he just held you know mm. his son and he just said he needed that time to just bond with his son and have that space and I yeah I respect yeah. that so but yeah uh, it's, it's difficult because like you said men don't really mm. open up and they don't really share their emotions yeah, yeah I think it, it's there's a whole thing I mean we've just been through like I was alluding to very early on in the mm. podcast um, mental health day mm. and what I found is a lot of people are posting more right. about mental health. A lot of people are talking about it mm. and and a lot more men are talking about their own mental health. Um, and I just wished half the people that posted so much actually took action mm. rather than post yeah. uh, because a lot of people post, but there's nothing behind those posts. And whilst mm. I'm, I'm not saying that, there are also people who post that mm. do take action. Mm. Um, so I think there's been a lot of, there's a lot of conversation around men's mental health but I also wonder whether those close to those men maybe don't quite know how to reach out to them mm. sometimes. Yeah. Um, because I know for myself, I look around and I, I'll always say a marriage has or a partnership or a relationship almost has the potential to be one of the most loneliest places you can mm. find yourself. Mm. Right, because you are there, but you're not really there. Yeah. You know, there is this outwardly sign that you are with someone, but mm. if they don't talk to you, you never talk to them. And it's all very fleeting about, you know, superficial yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. It can be a lonely place. And we, we, I mean, we had three other children. Um, so we were able, like I alluded to earlier on, we were able to have that conversation with them mm-hmm. about death, about their sister that had passed away. How did you guys navigate that with your own children and how did that affect you on the day-to-day basis of living as a family or just as an individual navigating your day-to-day? Um, Cerise. So my eldest was three at the time. He knew that there was babies in mommy's tummy and that he was going to see them soon. Um, he was with me at all the scans and everything. Um, and I didn't know how to approach the conversation. I really didn't. Uh, one day he said, When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mommy, where's the babies? Um, and I was like, okay, I don't, I don't really know what to say. Um, so I said, oh, Baba, they're gone. And he said, oh, they're gone. I said, yeah, Baba. He said, oh, okay. Um, I'd never spoken to him about that before, and I, I didn't know like how to do it. And um, yeah, days following, he'd sort of like pretend we was in the doctor's office, and he'd pretend to do scans. So he said, lie down, mommy. And he'd get his iPad and he'd get a toy and then rub it over my belly and then press his iPad and say, oh, there's the baby. And so it was it was the sweetest thing, but it was so sad as well because he, did, he didn't understand death, you know, he didn't understand it. Um, and I'd not explained it to him. My youngest was only one, he was just a baby. And so he didn't know. And then, yeah, eventually, I guess he forgot about it. Um, recently, though, he tells his brother that we had sisters he said oh we had sisters you know yeah and this is this is recently um and i've not really you know brought it up to him or anything but he remembers um and they've not asked any further questions i'm still struggling how to um, explain this to him where they've gone he's not asked me yet um yeah it's a difficult one i'm I'm still processing i'm still dealing with it and I've still got questions to answer when they come, and I've still not really figured out how mm. I will answer them. Mm. I think for for, I mean, with with our kids, I guess we were we were quite lucky that they, in a way, lucky and unlucky, lucky that they were there mm. when it happened. When we found they found out live, mm. as I would say, yeah. when we found out, so mm. it was kind of. We had to explain to them why they were being whisked away by mm. a nurse when we found out why mummy was crying and why daddy was sad. And when we kind of, we just told them, you know, mm. I guess baby that was in mummy's tummy has gone mm. has gone to heaven because we, we mm. are Christian too. And, and he's no longer, he, well, she's no longer there. The he, she, it's a long other story. I'll yeah. explain another time. But, um, we had to we then told our kids this and we made it a point to make our daughter a part of our yeah. family life so the you know the handprints and yeah. footprints you got they're in a frame yeah. along with all their handprints it's and amazing. footprints like all of them yeah. and and every year i mean we celebrated her second birthday um on the 17th mm-hmm. of september and my daughter was fuming that we didn't rem- we didn't remind her that it was her sister's mm. birthday because she wanted to decorate the place. She made us go out and get a cake. Um, she made, she watched, like we went out for lunch. It was like, we celebrated yeah. a proper birthday. Um, and yeah. it's just, I don't know if that, that will help you seriously in any way, maybe in yeah. explaining to your children, but that for me, I think worked for our, yeah. for our kids. Um, just I guess maybe just explaining that to them and 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 you know that's I think I guess that's how we kind of mm. cross that um so but yeah how, how about you Katie how did you yeah so I um so I lost my first two babies um so um I didn't have I guess I didn't have to explain you know the terrible loss of our sons to I guess our, our another child but I can relate in the sense of my niece so both times she lives in Bristol so but both times she happened to be in London um and I remember when she saw me um and this was just after the like the losses 
and I told her that um yeah like because she was rubbing my stomach and was just like oh baby and I said oh um Anaya um I'm afraid your cousin he's in heaven and she just burst into tears she I think she was five at the time um yeah she was just so devastated yeah just it was so heartbreaking seeing her you know so upset and obviously she was able to compute like what's actually going on um and both my mm. losses actually took place around mother's day so my cousin sorry so my niece she she actually made me a mother's day card as well so as like a little surprise for me and she so she had yeah she drew my my sons as well mm. in my stomach so yeah that was very touching mm. that was very touching but i think going forward my son i you know my, so because i have my rainbow baby with me he was born Amazing. last year thank you he was born last year um april wow. um, and his name's maximus so i intend to you know when maximus is able to understand i definitely intend to you know tell him about his brothers and tell him that he's got you know brothers in heaven that are looking over him um i, I call them like my little bodyguards mm. they're watching over me they're watching over our family um that way he'll know that you know there mm. was babies that ran ahead mm. before him um and that he's yeah he wasn't mm. an only child um so yeah that's i definitely plan to include that and when from the hospital they gave us yeah. um we were, like mm. a memory box so we was able to do the handprints yeah, yeah handprints mm. and footprints of our sons so yeah definitely, do you, do you think sure. katie that has impacted mm-hmm. um or influenced the mother that you have become a hundred percent um literally every day i don't take it for granted uh, even when i'm tired even when like my 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 son is acting up you know or when he's crying and crying and throwing tantrums yeah. i just i'm so, i just feel so blessed and i'm just so grateful to have him in my arms to have him yeah. in our house um yeah like when we um when we when we were looking for a place to live i was pregnant with the first baby and I remember when we found our house, we we had a room for our for our baby and we're like, yes, this is, you know, this is where he's going to stay. And literally two years running, the nursery was empty. Uh... So, but now I have my son, like, I'm just, yeah, I, I guess I've, I've got such a, yeah. I've got so much love for him. Like, yeah, I've just, I don't know, I can't explain it. I've just got so much intense love uh... for my son and I just... Yeah, I'm just so grateful and I don't take it for yeah. granted. Um, and yeah, I, I, like it definitely impacts the way I mother him. Um, yeah. I just, I smother him with kisses literally <laughs> like every single day, <laughs> even though he doesn't even like it. But I just, I just, yeah, I'm just uh, so grateful mm-hmm. that um, that he's here really. Did yeah. you, again, I want to ask you, Katie, how do you think, how did you, how do you think that that has impacted on your partner? How do you oh, think sorry. that the impact of your partner being a father? Mm, yeah, so I mean, obviously we kept losing sons, and then we prayed that we'd have a when I when I when I found out I was pregnant again, we were like, this baby's going to be a boy, and yeah, it was like the biggest blessing to my husband because. He's always wanted yeah. a son. And obviously, because we kept losing sons, it was just like, why is this keeping and happening? Um, so when we had our, our you know, our boy, um, yeah, just seeing my husband as a as a dad and the way he is with my son, like, oh, sorry, with our son. Um, yeah, like, it's just, it's so lovely to see him in this new role. And it's like, finally, he's able to live yeah. out his purpose, being the dad that he's always wanted to be. Um, so, yeah, definitely, I think it's really... It shaped us both as parents um, individually as well. Um, and, and yeah, like our, our role as parents in, in, you know, being the best that we can be mm. for him. Um, yeah, we literally, we don't take it for granted mm. at all. Mm. No. And what about you, Cerise? Do you think it's had, what impact it's had on your your partner? It's a bit of, it's a, bit of a strange one because he, he lives abroad, you know. So he doesn't get to see the boys very much. Um, I mean, we was living over there for about a year. Um, but then we came back to the UK, so he didn't see them much. Um, honestly, I, I do worry about him, you know. I worry about him. He's not with his sons, um, and he's lost twin twin girls. It was a couple of years ago, but, um, you know, he doesn't really speak very openly about his feelings, so all I can do is worry about him and pray for him. It can't be easy, 
I, he's a parent the same as me so to be away from your children when something so traumatic has happened it is worrying an unforgettable day out at Kildare Village isn't just about discovering what's new in your favourite boutiques it's not just about complimentary parking and fresh air, fresh fashion or about unmissable restaurants and pop-ups and shopping under clear blue skies And it's not just about spectacular savings all year round. No, an unforgettable day out in Kildare Village is about all this in one beautiful open-air setting. Kildare Village, something extraordinary every day. What what support do you you guys think should be available for families who've suffered death? Because I think, and and I want to make it intentional to refer to it as death Mm -hmm. for the reasons that I alluded to earlier on, that I don't want us Mm -hmm. to distance it from, it is Mm -hmm. is a death, it's like a member of the family has died. What what supports, Mm -hmm. uh, we'll go to you, Cerise, what support do you think should be available for for families, both men Mm -hmm. and women, um, that have gone so through death. I remember getting some leaflets um, at the hospital that listed places where I could go for counselling, um, but I, I didn't really take much notice of it. I think regular check-ins, you know, after you've lost the baby, um, regular check-ins to see how you're doing and to see if you've got that counselling and see, um, yeah. you know, the reasons why you haven't, if you haven't yet. It's almost like it happens and then you're forgotten. And I think if you don't actively seek out that help, then all sorts can happen, you know. You can start to suffer with anxiety and depression and grief is just ongoing, isn't it? So I think regular check-ins, and I think it starts with your GP, you know. Once it's been reported back to your GP, all that's happened, I think it starts there. I 100% agree with Cerise. Um, It's so true. Once, Once the loss happens... It's like initially you get the, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, we're here for you. And then it's just silence. And it shouldn't be that way. And um, I guess from a professional point of view, definitely it does start with the GP. Um, I think that definitely, you know, once, you know, once they're informed of that this has happened, I guess that it should be more um, intent, like an intended thing to Mm -hmm. check up on you know, the mm. woman and the man that has, you know, lost a child. Mm. Um, and definitely even the midwife as well. I think the midwife that was, you know, looking after you should be, um, yeah, should exactly. be more visible, should come round, yeah. just like when you have a child, they actually come round to the house. They should do the same thing. Um, if I could speak on my own experience, I had the same midwife with both, so actually with all three of my sons, actually, because I didn't want to have to explain the whole story to a different midwife X, Y, Z. Um, but when I lost the first one, um, yeah, like she, she was actually away. So what went by the time she heard that I'd lost the, you know, the baby, she didn't contact me, which I you know, I, did, I pulled her up on it because mm. I yeah like that was wow. just I didn't think that was right. Um, and then with the second loss, again she was on holiday, but when she heard again, um, she, I think she did call me, but it was just the once. So I just feel yeah. like she could they. They could do more, but I guess, I don't know, I guess they are really busy, but it, sh- it shouldn't be that the case of mm. bus- being busy or lack mm. of funds because at the end of the day, this is people's lives right. and, you know, the mental health is so mm. important um, and definitely counselling. I think, um, mm. like Cerise, I was also given the leaflets in the hospital, but I didn't I didn't think to call call them up because I've not really, I don't know, I've never really seen counselling that mm. like that for me, just... I don't know, yeah, just nothing against them, but I just, it wasn't just, it wasn't something that crossed my mind. Do you, do you think, do you think um, if any... there was more mm. representation in those, in those leaflets, maybe yeah. if you saw maybe a black oh, yeah. mother, a black father, yeah. maybe you Probably. would have, you would have reached out, you would have known to reach out, you would have known that mm-hmm. actually this is a space for yeah. me to be able to. Mm-hmm. Exactly, that is accessible, mm. definitely. Um, so it was only actually when I went to work, because I had three months off work with the first you know with the first miscarriage because I was just I guess yeah I was, yeah. I was depressed but I didn't even realize mm. I was depressed um and so but I just wasn't ready to go back to work so I just kept getting signed off and signed off um so I went to an occupational health uh review with the nurse at, at my workplace and she was like Katie have you had counseling and I said no and she was like Do you know what it would be really good for you so she encouraged me 
and she was a black lady she did she said like it would be good for you um and i was able to go through the scheme through my workplace it's called workplace uh. options so it's actually free so I'm, I'm sure there's other people that you know the organizations probably have that um so i think um yeah so thank god it was it was free because each session is uh. like 50 pounds but it's like if you don't have 50 pounds yeah. if you don't have access to this it is quite hard isn't it uh. so um yeah i think counseling definitely helped me i had six rounds of counseling which over six weeks both times um and yeah it was so instrumental in my recovery and just to process life and the trauma that I, I guess I was it was like a reoccurring thing every day that I was like reliving and I didn't know how to process it but once I had the counseling it really helped me those measures definitely need to be no I completely place. agree with you and I think back to when I was in that space as as a dad, I had nothing. I, mm-hmm. I mean, like you said, you're given the leaflets. I was given Sans leaflet and I was given Tommy's, I think, Tommy's and Sans. And I didn't really think much mm-hmm. of it. I just put it to the corner. You know, you've just gone through this. You're not going to all of a sudden start exactly. opening a leaflet mm-hmm. to go or yeah. a box to go through exactly. it, right? So I think I, I would have yeah. loved to see someone I mean I only found out from my wife today that actually that there's so many stories that I, I that it's just it just highlights the inadequacy of it all that she called up because that your your kids um your 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 do- our daughter had gone to the funeral the, the funeral directors and she called up I'd asked her that I wanted to see our daughter one last time before she got buried she'd called up and asked this question reluctantly and they told her no you can't but she didn't tell me that that's what they said till like I said till a couple of weeks ago we had this really in-depth conversation she said she started here and said I didn't want to tell you because I knew how much it meant to you to want to mm-hmm. see your daughter but I didn't want to tell you that they said no so I made up that they said well they've already closed up the 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 you know the coffin and all the rest of it and and it just those just those little things that are really needed to bring a parent closure I think is what I would have wanted to have those little things that are perhaps culturally to certain people don't really mean anything but to others mean a lot and the flexibility in the whole framework is what I would have liked and like you said if you haven't got 50 pounds to go counseling then what you do, you know, if if you're at the end of the rope, you literally are just about to jump. And for me, I am so glad that spaces Mm. like Dope Black Dads and Dope Black Mums exist because I was able Mm. to find solace in that Mm -hmm. space at the time. You know, um, I was able to find a group of men who had been through the same thing and they were guiding me through along with counselling. You know, no one knows that there's free counselling out there that you can access unless you research no you know yes there is the paid one but Mm. and as well black counsellors how do you get to you know who do you speak you know how do you even go about doing any of that you know and I would have liked and I think that's why it's so important that our partnership our partnership with SANS both for Dope Black Mum and and Dope, Dope Black Dads is so important because we can start shaping the conversation we can start shaping the care that is provided to families, both mums and dads, so that it is culturally appropriate. Um, what is the one thing I want to ask both of you? Um, we can we can talk on this subject for hours and hours because there's so much, <laughs> there's so many layers to it. But um, what what is the one thing you want our listeners, especially someone who has suffered um, baby death, to take away from this conversation? I want our listeners to know, especially if they have gone through something similar, that it's not your fault. For a long time, I blamed myself for my losses. Um, yeah, just literally wrecking my brain. What did I eat? What did I do? You know, maybe did I exercise too much? But none of that matters. And it's just, it happened. But I just want them to know, first of all, that it's it's not your fault. Um, two, to um, allow yourself time to grieve and to come to terms with what has happened. And if that takes, you know, weeks, months, years, 
so be it but just at least you, you know like basically acknowledge what has happened because i think when my healing started is because I, I actually acknowledged that my son's died before i guess i was kind of trying to act like i was okay when i wasn't okay but it was only mm-hmm. when i was honest with myself that you know you yeah you, you was you are a mum just because your son's out here doesn't mean you're not a mum yes um and you need to grieve you need to grieve them so definitely um take the time out for yourself to feel and yeah like i've already mentioned that you are you know even though your your children aren't here doesn't mean that you're not a parent you're a mum you are a dad you are important you are valued so um yeah like don't you know don't listen to you know what all the negative people have to say who have not even experienced loss you have no idea what they're talking about like don't let those negative voices bring you down um and also that yeah like grief it comes in waves like one day you will be so 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 down and so depressed and that you just want to cry and then the next minute you'll remember like happy times whether it would be whether you were pregnant or just in look or even just looking forward to the future and not to feel guilty for doing that um and then the next minute you probably will you know you may feel sad again but that's all normal because yeah like grief it comes in waves like it's like high you have high moments and you have low moments so just yeah like like ride the wave and be kind to yourself in each you know you know area or in each part mm. of the journey um and yeah i mean it takes time mm. it does take time um and yeah your voice matters definitely your voice mm. does matter mm. for a long time i was scared to speak um and i felt like i i felt like people expected me to have moved on by now yeah and i think that's very hard because how can you move on from someone that you love so much? You can't because love exists. Um, and I, I think there's a quote that I read like saying that um, grief is the price you pay for love because you love that person. You will grieve them because you want them to be here, but obviously they're not. No, what, 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 what about <laughs> to someone who knows someone who has suffered mm. baby loss? Mm. Katie? I think a good place to start is instead of assuming you know what is best for that person or assuming, oh, if I just do this, or let me send them flowers and I've done my part, I've showed up. I think the best thing to do in the, in the first place to start is to ask that person, how can I support you through this? Mm-hmm. Um, there's a handful of people that really, that that's what they did. They were very sensitive to my needs and they asked me, like, how can I support you through this? Like, obviously, there's nothing I can say can bring your sons back. But, you know, I want to be here for you. What can I do? So, yeah, for some, it was I need you to cook, you know, because I, I can't cook. So I need you I need you to make some food, please. And yeah, and they were like, no problem. For others, um, it was just, yeah, just coming to my house and sitting in silence. They didn't, you know, they didn't need to even say anything. I think, yeah, the afternoon we came back from the hospital, my friend literally just came to the house and she just held my hand for like two hours and she watched me cry. We prayed and then I cried and it was like going back and forth, back and forth. And that, that's that's what I needed. I didn't have the words to say and she didn't have the words to say, but she was uh. just there because um, it's such a lonely thing when you go through loss. Like you just feel like you're the only one going through it. Yeah. So yeah, just definitely just show up and definitely be consistent in checking up on your friends um because unfortunately my one of my friends um actually lost her son at 28 weeks this was back in february i think um and yeah obviously like yeah we've we've both gone through loss and I, i was so devastated when i heard the news that she had lost her baby um but yeah up until now i still ask her i still text her still like try to call her like how are you doing because you know even though it's been i don't know six seven months that time doesn't mean anything you're still grieving so i think definitely be consistent as well don't let it be just after a week after two weeks that you're showing up and then there's like dead silence there's no flowers anymore there's no gifts there's no texts to say how are you doing you have you have to be consistent and follow up um on your friends so i think those things are very you know they're very Uh, important uh, thank you for that katie what about you cerise Mm, that's okay 
Yeah, honestly, I'd say all the same things that Katie said. I think um, my advice to other women um, who've experienced pregnancy loss um, and fathers who've lost their children, I'd mm. say it's so important to talk about it. Mm. Um, even if it feels uncomfortable at first, getting it out helps. Mm. Um, for me, because I kept so silent for a long time, I just had all this pent up anger, I was so angry. Um, I had all these questions and no answers, um, but talking about it helps. Then other people can know exactly what's going through your mind. Um, they can understand what happens as well, because so many people don't really understand what happens when you miscarry, when mm. you have a stillbirth, they don't know. And it's mm. because we don't talk about it. Mm. It can be very graphic when you're speaking about it in detail, um, uncomfortable to hear, but mm. these are facts. and. It happens and it happens a lot um, and if more of us spoke about it I think people will be better prepared for what they're about to go through um, and the trauma that it can cause so I'd say it's so important to talk about it it's just break the to be break the stigma there's no mm. shame in what's happened it wasn't your fault it happens mm. um, so yeah that'd be my number one advice is to talk about it get it out um, and secondly I'd I'd say just to agree with Katie is that, um, you know, you, they may have other children, they may not, and if they don't, it doesn't mean that you're not a parent, you've had mm. a baby, whether they're here or whether they're in heaven, you're still a parent, you still had a baby, mm. when you forget about it and don't talk about it, you almost make their life void, their existence mm. void, it's almost as if they didn't exist, and I think that's such a tragedy. Mm. Um, so yeah you're still a parent talk about it wow i think it's uh, like i said i could talk for hours on this on this podcast and i think there's so many layers to it and i think there yeah. is therapy in talking about it and i think we need to we need to be honest with ourselves as a community we can't heal as a community as individuals mm -hmm. if we don't have the difficult conversation let's stop looking outwards towards those that are around us to have those conversations we're very quick to point the finger to you mm -hmm. know people that are racist people that are doing all the other stuff but what are we doing internally as a community to heal ourselves yeah. and break the taboos around the the things that are in our community so i would yeah. definitely echo what you've both said in terms of you know from for, for dads and and for mums because baby death can break families mm -hmm. baby death can affect our community yeah. it can push people apart it can yeah. cause people to take their own life um and i am i am proof of of that it nearly took mm -hmm. it nearly made me take my own life um and it's fa finding those group of people and it's also yeah. who you surround yourself with right people that you can have that honest deep conversation with not just a superficial let's check on the football let's go out let's do this you know let's not you know let's talk about the real the things that really that really matter you know I've lost my child I've lost you know because if you lost your grandma this is what I always find very difficult is mm -hmm. if you lost another member of the family people yeah, are very quick so to true. ask you how you are and like Kate you know like Katie mm -hmm. said be consistent it's not mm -hmm. it's for life it's a loss that you will carry around with you for life and uh, you know I was speaking to another dad who had lost a child and he made a very interesting remark that blew me away and brought me to tears um, and he said the relationship with my dead daughter is probably one of the most dynamic relationships that I have because it's the one relationship that makes me yes. a better person each time round it's the one relationship that makes me change that makes me be because you almost go out to you almost yeah. go to it nothing really matters i've you've mm. everything has been taken away from me i've got nothing to lose so i can mm. be my authentic self right look oh, thank you very you. much for your time um series katie um if you if any of what we've spoken about has if there, anyone out there that's suffering from baby loss who uh, or anyone that wants to know get more information um the charity that we have partnered up with dope black mums and dope black dads sans the sans 
charity. Their website is sands.org.uk. You can find plenty of information on there. Um, and look, Queens, we we are part of a of a family. We're part. We are a community, and we Definitely. have to help each other to get to the final destination, mm, yes. whatever that destination is. And I and I really want to yeah, thank you for, for your time us. this evening. Yeah, pleasure. Um, <laughs> thank you. Thank you for. And I hope a lot of dads out there, you've heard from these queens. Um, these are your sisters. These are your friends. These are mm. people that you probably walk past in the street. The stat remains one in four women suffer baby loss in the black community. Mm. One in two, I think. Yeah is it's right so the likeliness is if you're listening to this someone within your circle has gone through it so please please reach out to them you've heard how much it means to them you've heard how much it will mean it will make it will mean to you i want to thank you for your time cerise and katie we've been dope black dads Follow us wherever you get your podcasts, listen to us, share, give us feedback, subscribe. You can head to our website, www.dopeblackdads. Where can we find you girls and where should we find you girls? Okay, I'm on Instagram and that's it. <laughs> um, and you can find me at It's Cerisi. So it's It's, I-T-S, Cerisi, C-E-R-I-S-E. Right, I've just written that down. I'll find you, you girl. Aww. <laughs> No, you're doing amazing. You're doing amazing in speaking your truth. So yeah, well I'm done to you. you. Oh, thank you. you. It's inspiring. Yeah. It, it, no, it, it really is. It really is. Um, yeah, so you can find me on Instagram as well. Um, so Katie, so at Katie Bonfall. So K A T I E B O N F U L. Um, and also, I've been in the well in the, a few articles as well in the newspaper. So I was recently, I was recently given the opportunity to write an article about my experience on baby loss um, in the end in the independent. Um, and I shared my my um, thoughts on Chrissy Teigen and John Legend as well, because they asked me about that. So, yeah. And I was also in The Sun and The Daily Mail. But that's you can find that in the link in my um, in my bio. Amazing. Look, Katie, thank you. Um, Cerise, thank you very much. Uh, like I said, head over for part one of this podcast on the Dope Black Mums uh, podcast, wherever you get your podcast from, um, where they speak uh, to hear about the dad's point of view on baby loss. Jake shopped up to 40% off with the Amazon Early Black Friday deals. So now he can be... Big Cake Jake! And armed with his new seven-speed handheld whisk, he's treating his street to a whole new world of sweet. But first, he's taking a trip down to Icingtown. Get whisked away with the Amazon Early Black Friday deals, 8th to the 18th of November. Here at B&Q, we've launched our brand new website, DIY.ie. Browse thousands of products available for home delivery and one-hour click and collect. Visit DIY.ie today. You can do it when you B&Q it. Delivery and click and collect available on selected products and locations. Restrictions apply. Delivery charges may apply. See DIY.ie. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 